What's going on, everybody? Happy Saturday to you. Welcome to this special edition of Out of Bounds. I'm Dylan James. I'm your host this afternoon or this morning, if you're in Central Time like I am. Um, but today we have a lot to talk about. The divisional round starts today, and I cannot be more excited about the games that we're going to see over the next 48 hours. But I do have a co-host with me that will be joining me in just a moment. Very special guest of the show. But before we do that, make sure you share the show with your friends, share it on YouTube, share it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, wherever you get this show, feel free to share it with your friends. We'd love to have as many people in here as possible. And also comment to us like Chris just did here. Chris is one of the co-hosts here at JDF. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for joining us this uh, afternoon, morning, wherever you're at. Afternoon for you because it's after 12. But anyway, um, today we're going to be talking about the divisional round. We'll be recapping what happened during Super Card, Super Wild Card Weekend last weekend uh, with some very interesting games there and hirings and firings around the league. Some really interesting names that came out this week um, and some good hires for some, some teams, including my Tennessee Titans. Before we get to that, we have a very special guest, like I said, all the way from Down the Block Sports, he is the host of the Alec Walt Show. Very, very good friend of the show. Alec Walt, thank you so much for joining us. Alec uh, Walt, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on. Um, it is kind of a different time for the show, but um, I'm glad you were able to squeeze us into your busy schedule because I know you have quite the schedule over there. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Anytime you guys need me, I, I'm 100% down to go on. I mean, I'm going to be watching a lot of football today, like most of America, most of the world, probably. But, um, yeah, I mean, I am excited for this for today, this weekend. Um, I cannot wait till these games start earlier th this afternoon. Oh, I can't either. It's going to be great to watch um, some really, really good teams playing this weekend. And one that probably shouldn't be there uh which we'll talk about in just a moment but chris is chiming in saying uh he came down the block to sports with you today welcome back to jdf airwaves walt what's up yes, chris it's, it's very good to have you back in the uh, jdf studios um but let's kind of jump into it because i do want to talk about what happened last week and there were some really interesting games that occurred and some really interesting outcomes that happened from those games the first game of the weekend was Seattle versus the 49ers. It ended up being a rout at the end. The 49ers woke up in the second half and won 41-23 to against the surging Seattle Seahawks, who barely got into the playoffs in the first place. But what stood out to you this game? What were some of the strengths you saw from 49ers? What were some of the weaknesses you saw? Um, kind of give us your, your sense of what happened in that game last weekend. Uh, what I saw from the San Francisco 49ers is a team that needed to make halftime adjustments and executed them absolutely perfectly. I mean, remember, they were down by one point going into halftime, and they won this game by, I believe, yeah, 18 points. So uh, they they played a really good game. They proved that when they make those halftime adjustments, they can take off, and that Brock Purdy is actually a really good quarterback. I mean, we've known that for the last couple of weeks as he's been extremely successful in that position, but... You know, I'm not going to lie, they did get lucky with that matchup. They played a team that had much less talent, even though I think what Pete Carroll and the Seahawks did this year was extremely impressive. But, you know, when it came to the San Francisco 49ers, they needed to make adjustments. They did, and they absolutely smoked them in the second half of this football game. So uh, if I'm any team playing the San Francisco 49ers, I better be ready in the second half because 
Uh, they they figured it out really quickly, and that uh, shows a lot to Kyle Shanahan's coaching staff. Remember, he doesn't screw up until the finals, so or until the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> yeah, in which we'll probably we might see that happen this year, but who well, knows? They, they Brock, might make it. Yeah, they're looking. Brock good. Purdy has been looking quite purdy in that offense. Um, and again, I, I did say that the 49ers were going to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I think the Chiefs will probably get there as well, unless mm. a, something happens with them and the Jaguars this weekend. But we'll talk about our picks later in the show. But yeah, I, I think that the 49ers, they came out this, there's a report that came out this week. I don't know if you saw it or not, talking about Brock Purdy and the future of Trey Lance in the 49ers situation. And the report pretty much said something catastrophic has to happen for Brock Purdy to fall off a cliff or Trey Lance to make a huge surge during the offseason to come back to form and be even better than they thought he was going to be to actually regain that spot. And it looks like Brock Purdy will be the guy moving forward. So with the 49ers, what do you do with Trey Lance? At that point, you put you spent a lot of assets on him. You spent uh, a lot of picks on Trey Lance to get him there in your system. What do you see happening with Trey Lance this offseason if Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback moving forward? Well, I definitely think you're going to have to consider trading him. And the thing is, you're not going to get the return that you, like you mentioned, how many assets they traded to get, get him. I mean, when you look at uh, Purdy right now, let me see if I can do my math here real quick. He's 7-0. and 1-0 in the playoffs. Could be, could make, take this team even further. Uh, plus, if you're San Francisco, you're the, it's the quarterback position. There's only so many years they cost, well, you know, uh, Purdy, he was a seventh-round pick? What's he making, like, I don't know what the minimum is, but he's not making quarterback money. Yeah, absolutely. I need to kind of look, so, I'll look at that number while you're, while you're continuing your point. They lose Jimmy Garoppolo, get money from him. It's not a ton, because I know he restructured his contract, but there's going to be some extra money in the books for them to improve it. I mean, their team's already really good now, but they have a lot of... They, you can do a lot of things when your quarterback is cheap. And when it comes to Trey Lance, he's entering year three. At the end of next year, it's either you know he's your future guy or he's not. And due to the injuries this year, it put a guy in a position to take a really good team and uh, have him go on a playoff run, so... I mean, you're not going to keep him as a backup, I feel like. Um, You don't really want him... You don't really want him around as a... I mean, not that he's like... As a distraction in the sense that if Purdy even plays poorly for a game, they're all going to point to the other guy. So if you're going to commit to Purdy, you should commit to him. And I think they should with how well he's been playing as their starting quarterback. I mean, has... Okay, so they they killed... Hmm... I look at his schedule, though. Mm. Arizona, Miami, they've been dealing with uh, Bucks, Seahawks, Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals, Seahawks. Ooh. He has not had the toughest schedule now that I read that out loud. No. But still, I think uh, Shanahan's such a good coach. Every he quarterback he's had has been successful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so it, it's, it's interesting because I, I do think Brock Purdy in this in, in scenario, it, he has shown, it's, it's similar to what we saw in New England when a young quarterback was coming up in the system with Tom Brady Six and Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo. No, came yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo came in backing up Tom Brady. Tom Brady went down with an injury one year. Jimmy Garoppolo came in for a few games, played a few games. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is the this is going to be great for the Patriots moving forward, having a backup quarterback and potentially a successor to a Tom Brady. 
that they have in Jimmy Garoppolo because he's such a perfect fit in the system. And that's the biggest thing is Brock Purdy is right now, it seems to be he's the perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's system. Yeah. So as long as he continues playing at a at even 90% of the level he's been playing at so far, they'll still win games. And especially with that schedule, you just you know cited off. It sounds like it's going to be pretty easy for him to hit those numbers. Chris uh, chiming in just a moment ago saying, before the football talk, Walt, I love the Zaka tra- uh, contract. We'll talk more about that later. And you can also talk to us about that on Puck Off Wednesdays at uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time right here on JDF Sports. Italy Jet popping in. Uh, he went to the Preds game against St. Louis the other night. I am going to the Preds game this evening in Nashville. But, um, yeah, not, not a very good not a very good showing by the Preds against St. Louis Blues, unfortunately. And, again, we'll talk more about that um, on Puck Off on Wednesday evening. But... With Brock Purdy's contract, I did look it up. It's a four-year contract, $3.7 million. Yeah. So the cap hit this year was $724,000. The highest cap hit in that contract will be year four, and it'll be $1.119 million. Yeah, so at that at that point, if you're not giving Lance an extension, you have no reason to move off of that. No. Like, they could sign their entire team. Yep, like we, we, we McCa- know, we, the McCaffrey money is not a concern anymore. No, the Debo money is not. not a concern anymore. They just have they have the highest paid left tackle in the league. Um, Bosa has he's paid, has he been has he signed yet? Uh, I know he got drafted three think... years ago. I think. Either way, they could pay him. They I know could. they have a couple expensive middle linebackers that are playing well. Well, and also Jimmy G is going to be out of this situation as well. He'll Correct. Be gone, I think so. I think that saves them. Because he, restru- he restructured it uh, this year, which I think he did to convince another team to acquire it, and then that didn't happen. But, yeah, it's like 8 to $10 million there. So, you know, they can add so many other pieces to this team. Yeah, and it looks and- like Bose has not signed a contract yet. He's still in his rookie contract. Uh, currently, his cap hit is 5.6 No, I'm sorry. Uh, cap hit is $10.8 million. But I'm sure there will be a contract extension worked out, especially yeah. having this flexibility at the quarterback position. Like he's probably going to sign one of those five-year, hundred-plus million-dollar deals. I mean, he's one of the best defensive linemen in the league. Yeah, absolutely. But now and he's on the field for sure. You can keep him. I mean, you look at the core of this roster. You know, McCaffrey. We met, we mentioned all the names already. They're going to contend next year. They're probably going to contend the year after that. This this team has a roster that has a window here that can be extremely competitive. And if Brock Purdy can do the job, which he clearly has shown that he can, why not? I mean, they got a tougher matchup today. Or when do they play? Uh, they tomorrow play tomorrow night. night. Tomorrow yeah, night against yeah. the Cowboys, so they, yeah. Dallas is a much tougher matchup because they looked, I don't know if you want to move on, but they looked excellent last week against the Bucks, They looked very good. I will kind of work through how the games played out, but yes, we will talk about that game against the Buccaneers and how Tom Brady just was unable to put together any semblance of a competent offense that evening against Dallas Cowboys defense. But um, let's move on. Chargers-Jaguars happened in Jacksonville. Chargers were up 27-7 at the half. Mm-hmm. They were up at 27-0 at one point in this game. And the Jaguars just clawed their way back and only allowed Los Angeles to score three points in the second half. 
So the final score, 31-30 for the Jacksonville Jaguars after they attempted a two-point conversion that they got. Um, So in this position that you see the Chargers, first of all, let's talk about the Chargers because the Chargers are out of of playoff contention now. um, And also they, they had some firings that we'll talk about in just a moment. But what happened with the Chargers that night? What happened on Saturday night with the Chargers to make it to where they had the third largest ups, the third largest comeback? They gave up the third largest comeback in NFL history. Yeah, I mean, it was two complete different games. I mean, Trevor threw four picks in the first half, and they came. I mean, I get. I, I I've been saying this all week. The Chargers are going to Charger. They've been doing this for twenty years. They find miraculous ways to lose football games. They did it with Phillip Rivers. Now they're doing it with Justin Herbert. If you have a 20-point lead in the best running... No, I don't know if... I wouldn't say he's the, one of the best running backs in football. Eckler had a sick year this year. So he's up there. How do you not hold this lead? I mean, Herbert didn't have the best... There was a lot of QBs that actually didn't have that great of weeks last week. But Herbert only, threw, only had one touchdown. I mean, they did nothing in the second half. The Jaguars' defense, which I wouldn't consider elite at all. They're good. Don't get me wrong. I think they're underrated. But I wouldn't consider them. Like, when you look at the Chargers' offense and Justin Herbert and Austin Heckman and all these guys, like, they couldn't move the football. He had 35 rushing yards in this game. And they had a 20-point lead. I, I don't understand it. I yeah. mean, their offensive line has really, I feel like, never been good. Um, they have all these stars defensively, but they completely let Trevor take over this game. I mean, I think Trevor has taken a massive step forward. I think Doug Peterson is looking like the perfect hire for him and developing him as a starting quarterback. But I cannot believe the Chargers couldn't figure out a game plan to hold on to a lead, that strong of a lead, with how well they played defensively in the first half. And just have no answers. I mean, we've been seeing it for years. They find ways to lose, and they absolutely found a way to blow this game, and they could be in Kansas City right now, but they're not. Yeah. Joey Bosa was pretty upset in the second half several times. There was one instance where he threw his helmet to the ground when the Jaguars got a touchdown because he was being held by their left tackle, I believe. Um, And in that regard, they got a penalty, a personal foul penalty on Joey Bosa, and that put them on the one-yard line where the two-point conversion was successful, where Trevor Lawrence just reached the ball over the goal line and got a two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey Bosa did that twice. He was pretty upset with the referees two times. I believe he also had said something to a referee earlier in the game during one of the holds and got a flag for that as well. So that didn't help the situation. Um, I, I do have to say, though, there were some missed calls with the referees when it came to holding for that that offensive line for the Jaguars but again you're in Jacksonville you kind of know that has to happen but at the same time you have a 27 point lead at one point in this game how the hell do you just let it how, how the hell do you just piss it away yeah and at that I point mean, you did I'm surprised that uh Sean Payton is not coaching right now in Los Angeles because uh, honestly after this bad of a loss and him on the market I'm honestly surprised Daly's still even there that's the thing I was going to get a, It was to. a poorly executed game on the field and from the sidelines. They had this, no idea what they were doing. This was a note that I was going to put bring up, too. Uh, one 
point as well during that game. Brandon Staley had a chance to go for a fourth and I believe one, fourth and two potentially. It was a fourth and short with about five minutes left to go in the game. Mm-hmm. And all season long, we saw Brandon Staley do this to where they would go on fourth downs at the most ridiculous inopportune times and miss it. Mm-hmm. But in this scenario, where the one time this year, it, it's, it's in your favor. The analytics tell you, go for this fourth down because at that point, you have a better chance of getting a touchdown and also taking time off the clock. He decides to go for the field goal and the field goal kicker misses it. Mm-hmm. Welcome Again, to just, just Welcome to the Chargers. Idiotic coaching by Brandon Staley. In the in that instance, like we were talking about, I'm I'm really surprised Brandon Staley's there still. They did, however, make some changes to their coaching staff, which I want to ask you about because we were going to talk about this a little, a little bit later in the show, but uh, we'll just bring it up now since we're talking about the Chargers. They let go of their offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi, and also their passing game coordinator and quarterback coach Shane Day. It, it, do you understand why they would let those two go instead of going just to Brandon Staley? Um, do you think this is just a, a scapegoat situation to, to say? I mean, who has a good relationship in that front office with Brandon Staley unless he has some sort of blackmail on the front office somewhere? Yeah, I mean, someone had to take the bullet. Um, their offense was pitiful in the second half. Um, they, yes, they did deal with injuries for a good majority of this season offensively. I feel like Mike Williams is always hurt. I don't think even think he played in he did that not game. Play. No, well, because exactly. he, he played in week 18 in a meaningless game, had a fractured back. Yeah. Um, there were some vertebrae in his back that were fractured after that game. And that was another decision that Brandon Staley made that people were kind of questioning in the first half. They were Kind of like, okay, well, they can still win this game with Mike Williams. And then, unfortunately, it turned into what it was in the uh, in the, in the the end, in the final, with a 31-30 score for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I do want to bring this up, too. Brian is joining us this afternoon. Good to see you as well, Brian. Thanks for joining us over there on Twitch. He's He always shows up. Always shows up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so with the Jaguars, what... Do you think it was more of the ineptitude of the Chargers defense slash offense, or do you think the Jaguars are that good and that's the reason why they came back and won this game? It's tough because I, I want to say both, but this is where I'll go. The Jags have been a hell of a lot better in the second half of the year. Like when they made the playoffs, I was like, they can be sneaky. Because I watched a little bit of their games towards the end of the year and Trevor was starting to figure it out. Um, We've seen Evan Ingram turn his career around as one of the better pass-catching tight ends. He led the Jaguars in receiving uh, in that game against the Chargers. Um, I don't think they're they're expensive receivers, but Trevor's just starting to figure these guys out. You know, the addition of Christian Kirk was huge. I mean, he was better in my opinion. He was awesome at the beginning of the year. But he started to get more guys involved in the offense. ETN stepped up in, stepped in as the number one running back after the James Robinson trade and was able to find rhythm in that backfield. And Trevor Lawrence took that step as a quarterback. The Jaguars are a very... I mean, their division sucks, as you know. Yes. Yes, it but does. But <laughs> they figured it out, and they found a way to get into the playoffs. Now, I wasn't expecting them to come back in this game. I honestly thought the game was over at halftime, as most people did who watched this game. Um, I think when you have 
when you blow that large of a lead, there is a lot of blame that needs to go to the coaching staff. If I'm the Chargers, I don't see any reason to just completely change your offensive coaching staff while Staley's still there. I know Staley comes with a defensive background, which, I mean, they, they blew it as well on that side of the ball. but Because he was the defense coordinator with the Rams. I think before taking the job with the Chargers, so I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I think he's from the uh, the Sean McVay coaching tree. But you know, you got a young star there in Justin Herbert. They got to get him a real. They're in a division with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. You know, I don't. I mean, obviously, I wasn't impressed with Russell Wilson this past year, but you know, if if he can be any better, you know, Denver could be competitive. Nothing special, but. You got can't be worse than last year, and then True. what? Raiders are gonna get someone. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe they try and trade for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe they try and sign Tom Brady. Uh, maybe they try and go all in on Lamar Jackson. The Raiders are gonna do something because they're just they just I just know they will. I just have a feeling they will. So, where does that leave the Chargers? Herbert's a stud. Their offensive skill is great. Their defensive stars are real. But if they're going to go through that many changes without moving on from Staley, who has a history of making awful decisions late in the season or in the playoffs consistently, because he made them last year before they didn't make the playoffs, I don't see any reason why he should still be there. Especially with a Super Bowl winning coach on the market who has built a coaching staff already with him. Yeah, I I, I do think that it's interesting. I mean, I would have loved to have been in that that meeting room with the owner, with the general manager there to look at the pros and cons list for Brandon Staley and then looking at Joe Lombardi and Shane Day because quarterback-wise, I think Justin Herbert's been thriving in that system. I don't think it's necessarily just all him, all skill from Justin Herbert. I think Shane Day has a hand in how well he's been playing so far in his career. And with Joe Lombardi, I, I don't see the mistakes that were made there in those the most of the mistakes they made this year and even last year too were situational mistakes mm-hmm. when it comes to time management clock management when it comes to fourth down calls when it th- things like that so i don't think it's necessarily on the offensive coordinator or the passing game slash quarterbacks coach um i think it all relies on brandon staley which again having a guy like sean payton on the market and being able to potentially lure him to the Chargers would have been probably a good, a match made in heaven for Justin Herbert, especially. Do you want to guess how many passing yards he has total in three seasons? Um, He has, I would say just north of 10,000. 14. Yeah. And that's with Austin Eckler too, who's still runs the ball. He catches passes. He catches passes as well, but he runs the ball pretty well too. Yeah. They, I, I feel like they've always had good running backs. Because was it uh, 2020? So that was Melvin and Eckler. Yes. Yep. Because they moved on from Melvin Gordon two years ago. I believe so. 2021. They went to Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then uh, they have Josh Kelly, too. Joshua Kelly is the backup to Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. And Joshua Kelly saw the field quite a bit in the second half, which was kind of interesting to me that Austin Eckler really wasn't. I hope, I hope he's not hurt. I hope not either. Uh, I, it just seemed to me that Joshua Kelly was in 
at inopportune times. Yeah. Uh, but again, that might have been another offensive coordinator thing that, you know, scheme-wise or play-calling-wise that they looked at and said, that's the reason why we're letting you go as well. So um, it's interesting to see what the Chargers will do. I, I don't know what's going to happen in the offseason with them. They have to get a new offensive coordinator, which a lot of teams are out there looking for offensive coordinators currently. And um, they'll probably have to get a quarterback's coach as well. So we'll see what happens there. Um, let's move to the Sunday slate from last weekend. Dolphins, Bills. Bills won this 34-31. to And the Dolphins fired their defensive coordinator after this game. Was it the defense that let the Dolphins down in this game or what? Did you think they were going to win to begin with? No. No, I thought their quarterback. I thought yeah, they were on their third. Is, they had their third string quarterback in. They, they had their third string quarterback in, but they still only lost by three points, and they still yeah. put up thirty one points. I, I don't think they, Buffalo they, took them seriously. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. They kind of slept on them in the first half, and it, well, especially in the second half too. It seemed like they just let them get back into the game, but the, the Dolphins offensively didn't look terrible. No, didn't look terrible. They especially went, having they a third string quarterback. Buffalo. Yeah, and in Buffalo After with the, the whole, Demar Hamlin, yeah. I mean everything that was going on in Buffalo. I, that, that's the thing. I think that's been that's been pushing them even further is the Demar Hamlin story, just playing for him. Um, that's their motivation this off season. But yeah, I mean Dolphins almost upset them at home, and that would have been the second upset, the the, the first upset of the weekend um, of a home team. Um, and it, it did, didn't materialize, but the defensive coordinator got fired. Um, on the Bills' side of things, I mean, like you said, I think they were kind of sleepwalking a little bit. I think they felt like it was going to be an easy game having the third-string quarterback out there, but uh, it, it turned out to be a pretty pretty big battle up until the final moments in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I if you were to tell me this game would be there, both teams would be in the 30s, and it would only be a three-point win for the Bills before the game started, I wouldn't believe you i mean i look at skylar thompson's stat line like looking at it a couple days later and then i look at their rushing i mean he was 18 for 45 a touchdown and two interceptions they had 42 total rushing yards their leading rusher had 23 yards it like makes you think how the hell they scored 31 points yeah it's it, it, like it, miami didn't have a good game yeah, if you but look at they, the stat sheet and then say they scored thirty-one points, you would I would say you're lying to me. It's it's just crazy. I I didn't think the Dolphins had a chance. I think if Buffalo plays like that, well, well, Cincinnati didn't really play that well either. Um, against the Ravens, I know that's not that that game's coming up in a bit, but I mean I understand that a lot has gone on in Buffalo. I couldn't imagine what an experience like that would be, especially if you saw what happened with your teammate and, you know, not knowing his status, um, it affecting their ability to be a one seed, a lot going on, but I don't expect Buffalo to look like this against the, the, um, the Bengals, but I give a lot of credit to Miami because even though it seemed like they, they were clearly not the favorite in this game. I mean, with your third string QB, that shows a lot about your roster if you're able to keep that game competitive. And it shows about your coaching as well. Mike yeah. McDaniel. I like McDaniel. I mean, McDaniel, they didn't have a good second half of the year because of no. what happened with Tua. But when Tua was healthy, they clicked immediately. And that's another question mark they have this this coming off season as well, is the health of Tua long-term. How's that going to play out? Especially if he gets 
multiple concussions next year as well. I mean, that's when you start talking about CTE. That's when you start talking about just long-term health after the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of question marks there at the quarterback position in Miami. But again, other than quarterback right now, there are very many questions for the offense that they have there. Tyreek Hill was a great addition for that team. Oh, yeah. And he's he's just lit it up for them. Jalen Waddle's been contributing as well. And that's it's it's opened up the game for Jalen Waddle having Tyreek Hill on the other side. And he had a good season too. So I mean that that, that team, Mike McDaniel there, I think that they're gonna be competitors for years to come. Yeah. I mean that 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 duo sticking together. Um yeah, they gotta get an offensive line. Yep. I know last year they spent a ton of money at the left tackle position. Um, that guy's also going to the Armstead. He's going to the Pro Bowl. So that was a good pickup. But, you know, Tua's looking the other way. Yeah. Keep him upright. If you keep like, him upright, he won't get concussions. Yeah. That, that's, but, that's I, I mean, when I that, what happened in week, like, seven? When he was, like, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was bad. I didn't yep. think he was coming back this year after seeing that. Yeah, we thought that was going to be and the then worst to get thing another to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it didn't. I mean, well, the first time when he got up and he was woozy, he was wobbling all over. Oh, the that field. was before. That was before the the finger thing. Um, and and the spotter didn't see that, but his teammates yeah. did. His teammates were like, "Are you okay? Like, what's <laughs> going on?" But um, he he had been. They said he had a concussion at least twice this season, if not mm-hmm. three times. So I mean, it's just they're they can pile up quickly. Concussions can pile up quickly. Uh, Wes Welker had that in his career. He had a lot of concussions when he was the wide receiver in, in New England. Um, so th- that's the thing. Just You have to look at long-term health at a certain point. Um, even after that first concussion, when he had the fingers go, um, there were doctors out there saying that he should quit playing football. Mm-hmm. Like, altogether. Like, yeah. he shouldn't play anymore because of what can happen if he gets multiple in a short amount of time, which he did. Um Chris jumped back to the Chargers conversation saying Chargers started getting great running backs all the way back with Tomlinson. Yeah, they've always had skill. Yeah, always. Always. And Antonio Gates, too. I, I, I yeah. loved tight ends. Antonio Gates was one of my... I, there was a, a picture on Twitter that showed the old school Chargers helmet and said, who do you think of when you see this picture? And I thought of uh, Antonio Gates. Um, he also says that really puts the Nelson Aguilar stopping the Pats game in a new perspective, too. Uh, that it happened so many times to Tua in one season. Yeah, I mean it's it's um it's tough. Um, hopefully he'll be able to come back from it. And hopefully he'll be able to stay upright. And I think that's going to be the the number one thing that Mike McDaniel does this off season and works with his GM with trying to get pieces for the offensive line to keep him upright and to uh, stay healthy. Uh, full seventeen game season and you know plus he games in the playoffs. Yet. Yeah, true. He still hasn't gotten paid yet. And, like, if you're um, Miami and you know this could happen, I don't know if they're going to give it to him. I think next year will be very telling. Yeah. I mean, if he if plays he... all 17 games and gets 4,800 4, passing yards, I mean, yeah, it's hard to not at that point. Yeah. And it's tough because it, it, he's, not, he's not a reckless player. Kind of like a Lamar Jackson. He's not reckless at the position, but it's just he's been unfortunate. It's been unfortunate for defensive linemen, defensive ends to get to him and sack him and just smack his head up against the the the, uh, the field. It's just not not a good look for that team. 
hopefully they can get it get it situated because Tua watching Tua with those playmakers with you know, with Jalen Waddle with Tyreek Hill, um, it's it's great TV to watch. It's great yeah. football, um, and so hopefully they'll be able to figure that one out. So let's go to the Giants Vikings. This was the first upset of the weekend, I guess you could say, um, from for the away team to beat the home team. Giants won thirty one to twenty four. Does this validify the statement that the Vikings were overrated? Yes. Because I don't I Dude, all week I was saying the Giants are going to lose. And then literally on Sunday I woke up, I go, the Vikings are going to find a way to screw this up. <laughs> I mean, how classic of the Vikings to blow this. I think this proves that Brian Dable and Wink Martindale are a hell of a duo. Agreed. Agreed. Because well, they went to Minnesota in a dome, which is loud as hell. I mean, Kirk Cousins just... It's the same story every time his name is brought up. He had a very below average game in the biggest game of the year. They were not very impressive in the second half when they scored 10 total points. They didn't deserve to win this game. The Giants did. And, I mean, the Giants have been a tough team all year. And I didn't expect them to make it this far. I think Brian Dable deserves a ton of credit for doing what he's done in year, his first year. And I think Daniel Jones is a better QB than people are giving him nationally credit for. Yeah. I mean, there are several analysts out there this week that were saying that he has, he has finally lived up to his top 10 billing, his top 10 draft selection, yeah. which I think that might be pushing it a little bit. He's getting there. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's definitely getting there. Um, but he is showing flashes of a top 10 pick for sure. Yeah. I mean, he has, he's, he had to take a step forward this year. And if you were the giants, you had to find the right coach. And for what's happened in Buffalo, I know he's not anything close to Josh Allen, but they figured it out offensively. They needed to get that guy. And he did. I mean, I was impressed with Daniel Jones this year. I think it helped a ton that Saquon Barkley was healthy. Absolutely. Um, it also has helped that they have arguably the best left tackle in the league in Andrew Thomas. Um, their offensive line played better. Their schemes were better. Their playmaking was very inconsistent because I feel like they were injured all year. Because they Kadarius Tony ended up getting traded. At times didn't dress. You know, Kenny Galladay is nowhere near what he was early in his career with the Detroit Lions. Um, I think Shepard at times was injured. Uh, Wandale Robinson wasn't always on the field. They had so many different pieces around Daniel Jones this year, and they still found a way to win football games. That tells me you have good coaching. Absolutely. And what they've done with his defense, too, like they always had a they always had talent defensively, I feel like, but it always underperformed. And you look at a guy like Dexter Lawrence, who you're looking to be that true nose tackle. This year in Wink's defense, he absolutely was. Um, and he found the right pieces, and they they punched him in the mouth, and the Vikings didn't respond. So yeah, I absolutely. was not impressed at all with what they did this year, uh, did this past week. And, I mean, you got to stop. So you got to shut down the best players if you want to win games. Justin Jefferson had seven catches, but only 47 yards. He was not the... It was not a classic Justin Justin Jefferson game. So, yeah, I give the absolutely. Giants a lot of credit. They absolutely deserve to win this football game, and I think they've they're they're starting to tell the NFL that they've taken a serious turn for for brighter future. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I think definitely coaching has been the huge thing for them. Um, Chris pointing out in the comments, Joe Judge kryptonite for quarterbacks. I'm not sure if he's think, he's saying Joe Judge is a kryptonite for quarterbacks, um, but I, Joe Judge is a very good quarterbacks coach. Uh, now, offensive coordinator, eh, maybe. Um, he was but, a QB coach this year for the Pats. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that I think Joe Judge is a good quarterback coach i think that he did good things i also look at joe burrow i mean obviously what he did with joe burrow in in lsu um you can't that's rep- joe brady joe Brady. never mind i'm, I'm thinking the wrong person judges might be the kryptonite for quarterbacks yep there you go that might be might be yeah he, he, assessment. he was he was a special teamer before going to the giants okay got it got it got it got it okay cool never mind i you know my personnel is mixed up um karen chiming in saying hey all hello karen welcome to the show thanks for joining us on a saturday um, so Giants 31-24, Vikings fired their defensive coordinator after this game as well, um, Ed Donatel, so they're looking for a defensive coordinator going into the year, which I don't know if that was the case, because I don't know if that's the reason why they lost, I mean, obviously, allowing a team to put up 31 points on you is not a good thing, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you have weapons in Justin Jefferson, and, you know, supposed to be Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, um, and, and you're only putting up 24 points on the board. That's not a very good uh, offensive stat there for a team that At had home. some pretty good stars on that team. So they should have put up more. And Dalvin Cook, too. Yeah, uh, he, had like eight, he had like 80 rushing yards. He was the only running back to play. Um, I don't think any other running back got a carry. Like, that guy's on the field for an entire game, and he puts up 80 yards, and you can't have no rhythm? Yeah. How does that happen? Something's wrong there. Something's wrong there. Um, last game on that Sunday from last week was Ravens Bengals. Ravens going in, they had their backup quarterback in Tyler Huntley because um, Lamar Jackson came out saying that his knee is unstable. He actually came out on Twitter, did not go through the team, did not have a, a team announcement or a press release or whatever. Came out on his own social media and said, "My knee is unstable. I wish I could be out there, but I can't." Can't mm-hmm. be out there. The injury is too too. There's too high of a risk for me to go out there and play. Um, some people are saying that's just writing on the wall that he's probably not going to be with the Ravens next year, mm-hmm. especially with the discourse they have between the franchise and and him. Um, and also, I mean, they they only put up 17 points. Tyler Huntley, Bengals are just too much for a team like the Ravens at this point of the year because the Bing- the Bengals this year especially in the la- the latter part of the season they've been playing very very good football um they probably would have even beat the Bills that night that the DeMar Hamlin situation occurred um because they've just been playing very very good football this year Joe Burrow came in and when you give him a, re- a semblance a semblance of an offensive line he actually plays quite well so they're that's- down two of them this week that's a bad thing for them, especially, I believe, their left tackles out. Yeah, um, Jonah and, Williams and Alex Kappa. So it's not very good for the Bengals. I mean, but they did have a a, a ragtag bunch last year for their playoff, their Super Bowl push. So maybe they can put it together this year and make a similar run. But what stuck out to you in this game with the Bengals and Ravens last week? I think this is similar to what I said about the Bills. And I don't think that they took their opponent seriously. I think they went into this game thinking that they were going to smoke the Ravens with a backup QB and that they could just go through the motions and win this football game. They 
went through the motions and almost lost his football game. It took a 98-yard touchdown, fumble recovery, return for a touchdown uh, to win this game. And uh, the Bengals, at like that play was, I mean, Ravens score, they're not in the playoffs right now. Yeah, you know, Ravens score, the, we're talking about the Ravens playing the Chiefs and the Jaguars playing the Bills. You know, that this that could have completely changed the landscape of what we're talking about today. And if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals and I'm going to Buffalo, a place that you know is going to be very loud and you're not going to see the same Buffalo Bills team you saw last week, you play Joe Burrow plays like what he played last week, they're going to get smoked today. Or they play today? Uh they play tomorrow, I believe. They play tomorrow, okay. I think it's they're, early they're, game tomorrow. They're gonna get annihilated. So I was not impressed with the Bengals at all this past weekend. And I it's almost it was almost like I was watching a different football team because I mean they didn't play that well against the Patriots towards the end of the year. They almost lost that game. But, um, you know, they started to take steps, and what I saw was not a step forward. Yeah. One big thing for them, though, is they have bulletin board, uh, bulletin board item that they have probably been looking at all week this week. They are already selling tickets to a neutral site game between the Chiefs and the Bills in Atlanta. The NFL announced this week they've already sold 50-plus thousand um, tickets so far to this game. So the Bengals do have that chip on their shoulder coming in. So if there's something to wake them up, I think that might be it. Mm-hmm. I think this will be a very, very good game. I think that the Bengals will actually wake up a bit from what they what we saw last week. Um, but yeah, there, there was some hesitancy with that game, especially only winning by seven points against the Ravens, who are just not a good team right now. Which, I mean, the Ravens' defense, though, they did show flashes this year. They did show promise. Um, this year kept games close for their offense to potentially win just like they did in this game. But, um, I I do think the Bengals bills game is going to be a game to watch this weekend for sure. One of the best games we see this weekend, which the games tomorrow seem like they're going to be better than the games that we see today, but still gonna be good at football. Don't, don't, you know, don't, don't get my words twisted there. I think it's still gonna be good football. Um, but I think it's gonna be a little bit different tomorrow chris also says lamar jackson is done like carrie price which i mean now you can say that chris he said that a few seasons ago when they took him to the yeah yeah Yeah, no no um he's rg3 2.0 which i've said that too i you know the the one thing he's not rg3 2.0 about is he didn't play in this game this past weekend which lamar jackson in his career when when he finally ended his career with the washington commanders there was a game that he played where they told him, slap a brace on your knee, you'll be fine. And he did, and he went down and did not get back up from that injury uh, that season. And then that's when he started moving to other places and, and never got a starting quarterback position again. Um, so I, I, I do think that Lamar made the right choice this past weekend. Do I think it spells trouble between Lamar Jackson and the organization coming up this offseason? I do. But at the same time, I think Baltimore would be better off moving away from Lamar Jackson than keeping him this offseason. What are your yeah, thoughts on that? It, I, I think that I, I mean, I would be terribly surprised if the Ravens got him. But if he goes back to Baltimore, he's signing a humongous contract. Like it is going to be like that is going to be, in my opinion, the only way he goes back to Baltimore. But I mean, not traveling with the team is weird. 
Especially because, like, character's not really an issue with him. No. And it's just, like... You know, injured players still go. Like, you're not going to be there for your team, like, in this game? Against a team that you... Your, your rivals, a team you don't like? That was weird, in my opinion. Because I like Lamar Jackson a lot. Um, everyone that talks about him has only good things to say about him. Yeah. I don't think this will affect him in free agency. He's still a stud, but, like, I, I thought that was very, very strange. And when you look at the market for him, you know, the Jets are desperate. They have a great roster and a bad quarterback. You look at the Raiders, New City, you know, new fan base. You know, you got to convince fans from where your team used to be to travel or uh, on game day. You want to get that. I mean, they didn't have a problem filling that stadium anyways, but you want to get fans there. Could you imagine Lamar Jackson in a Raiders uniform? Be Throwing to Devontae Adams? It'd be interesting. I you mean, know, I, the Patriots, obviously, I don't think Bill will pay, but they I'm, they have no reason to not if he's going to be a free agent. But yeah. there's going to be teams bidding for him, and it's not just the Ravens negotiating this deal. I would, pr- If I were the Raiders, I would probably say one of the most likely scenarios, especially if this guy doesn't retire, is Tom Brady going there, especially having the connection with Josh McDaniels. I think that's probably the best landing spot for him in the offseason if he decides to go somewhere else. I know there's been rumors about the Titans. There's been rumors, I mean, everywhere. Mike Vrabel having a connection with Tom Brady, which I don't think that's going to happen. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to stay the quarterback. But uh, Tom Brady going to the Raiders would be a very intriguing place for him to go to finish his career. They were also talking about the 49ers, but if they have Brock Purdy there, I mean, they're not going to have a situation where they have to, they bring in this veteran guy, push Brock Purdy to the side and decide to play Tom Brady. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Brock Purdy is going to They're remain. not getting Brady. No, no. I, th- I, I think, think I think that's where Brady wants to go, but I don't I think, think that's if, where he's going. I think Brady had a better chance of going there last year than this year, this coming up season. I think that if, if Tom Brady had said last offseason. I don't know about that. Because they had so. to play Trey. They had to play Trey Lance. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, and if you Brady have Tom Brady. Free agent. He wasn't. But I mean, I think they could have probably figured it out. He, he had no reason to leave Tampa last year. Or at the, the, the start of the, like, this year. Well, looking at the pieces that were going away, though, from Tampa, especially offensive line. Well, especially in the, in the preseason, offensive line just going down with injuries. They were going that, down left yeah. and right. Um, it just didn't feel like that team was going to do anything. Even though I thought that there might have been some Tom Brady magic to at least win one playoff game, which <laughs> obviously that didn't happen. Yeah. But I, I, looking at that team from last year to this year, you could see there was going to be a, a, a drop-off, especially in offensive line play. Um, it, it just didn't seem the same. So I think that that probably would have been the most likely scenario with Tom Brady going somewhere else last year. I think San Francisco would have at least listened or at least talked to the Buccaneers to see what they could have done. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it would have happened, but I mean, there was potential that it could have. Um, I, I still think, though, it's it's Lamar. I would be very skeptical if I was a team going after Lamar especially injuries, having back-to-back seasons where you have pretty much season-ending injuries. It's just not not good for his long-term outlook in the league. I think he's going to have to sign a deal. It's 
there's it's not going to be fully guaranteed. No, no. Um, I would. Only be place sub- you get a fully guaranteed contract would probably be Baltimore, and but that Baltimore, would be the only reason he goes back. Yeah, yeah, and I think that giving him a big contract, fully guaranteed, would be more of a groveling scenario for the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think the Ravens feel as though they need to grovel in this scenario. I don't think. I think they feel as though they can do better. They can play as good as they're playing right now with someone else instead of Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, they almost won a playoff game with Tyler Huntley. That tells you a lot about the coaching staff and the talent around the quarterback. No discount to Lamar Jackson, but I think obviously they would have won this game if Lamar played. But when you talk about Roquan Smith, Marlon Humphrey, um, we saw an emergence of, I think, is it Owe? He was a first-round pick a few years ago, but he was more like a raw project than someone who was going to start day one. We're starting to see him emerge on the line. Patrick Queen in the second level of that defense. They drafted that Kyle Hamilton at a Notre Dame. His first name, Kyle. Last name's Hamilton. I know that. I think so. um, They got some talent. They they do. Uh, Their offense is not – their running game's good. The receivers are not. So that's something they're going to need to address. But, you know, if they sign Lamar, I mean, they can't keep everyone. Especially when you have Humphrey already under contract. You give up a first-round pick to get Roquan Smith. You're not going to keep him for a half a season. True. So. Yeah. It's, they're going to have to be... make some moves. Who, who like? Are there any other good free agent quarterbacks this year? Like, who else do they get? I don't think they're going to do like an Andy Dalton and win six games. No, you know Baker I mean? Mayfield's going to be out there. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady potentially if, if he retires. I don't think he's going there. Um, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. is going to be out there too. Marcus Mariota will probably be out there as well, especially if they're moving on and having Desmond Ritter Huntley. be the starter. They could keep Huntley. They could. Um, or they could move up in the draft. They could draft a young guy later They rounds. don't have a first-round pick. Well, not, not necessarily the first round. They could still get a quarterback that's in the later rounds. Um, because I, I have a feeling Hinton Hooker is going to be there because of in, his injury with Tennessee. So oh, that could terrible be... Terrible time for him to go down. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Because he's going to miss part of OTAs most likely as well. Like, so, he can't work out. Like, what's he going to do? He just yeah. has to interview. Yeah. That's it. He'd just be like, look at my take from last year. Um, so he, yeah, He the, was good. Tennessee was, was filthy. Very good. Very good. Even, even in that game they lost against the Gamecocks, he still played very well. Yeah. Still threw three touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, he was distributing the ball everywhere. It was just the defense was unable to stop Desmond Ritter. Not Desmond Ritter. Um, uh, Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler, yes. Um, they were unable to stop Spencer Rattler in the past game, but that, that was the main reason why they lost that game. Uh, Chris is chiming in, in the comments, talking back about that, that bulletin board material for um, the Bengals going into this game saying when it comes to tickets, the league has to do this talking about selling those tickets early. Having been in a ticket office, I can tell you firsthand, you can't reasonably sell a game like that and properly plan for all things that bring 60 plus thousand people to a place like, like that. The league isn't doing it for bulletin board material. They're doing it in the same like that two cities start playing a parade route, planning a parade route before the game is even played. I, I, I'm not saying that they still could sell tickets to this game. Even this weekend, after the game even ends, they can sell tickets in a week to a game. I mean, you, also, you'll see teams, like when the Patriots were the one seed, they would sell AFC ticket, AFC yeah. championship tickets. Yeah. 
before knowing if they were even in the AFC Championship. But if you, I mean, obviously you just you, you make sure there's a, a plan where if they don't play it, you get your money back. Yeah, you typically see that. There's an email yeah. usually, like even the Titans. I'm a season ticket member. Got an email during the season when we were number one in the AFC South saying, "Hey, get your playoff tickets now." Um, you know, if if they do happen to advance the playoffs, then you will get money taken out of your account automatically for those games as they're played. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, that does happen, but it just seemed like it was more publicized, or it might just be you know the Bengals saying, "Look, we need something to get motivated by. Let's talk about." them selling tickets and, and marketing it like they've been selling tickets to everybody. Um, and they, they, they've been pushing quite a, quite hard this week. Mm-hmm. So that that's the reason why the Bengals uh, felt as though it might be bulletin board material. Um, last but not least from last weekend, Monday night football, not a good game for, for the Buccaneers to say the least. Good for one team. Good for one team, bad for the other. Cowboys won 31 to 14 against the Buccaneers. Um, Cowboys offense looked very good. Dak Prescott played extremely well against the Buccaneers. Tom Brady, on the other hand, did not. His weapons didn't show up like they did the week before with Mike Evans. It seemed as though Mike Evans played in Week 18 as if it was a playoff game. And he Mm -hmm. just expended all of his energy on that game and just was not was non-existent essentially in that uh, playoff matchup last weekend. But what are the big things standing out to you in this game? Tom Brady, does he come back to Tampa? Does he retire? Does he go somewhere else? Um, what are your thoughts? Well, someone had to take the bullet and they fired their offensive coordinator. They did keep their head coach, but I think that was D- Tampa's way of saying, Tom, we'll basically let you hire whoever you want for that position, and then we'll see what we do from there. Um, I was not impressed at all. With Tampa, I thought this was one of the worst games they've played all season. Um, they were at home. It was a playoff game. Uh, we saw Tom aging really for the first time in his career in 2022. And that carried over into the playoffs. Um, it, it's been on full display this year that he 100,000% misses a guy like Gronk. They have zero production out of the tight end position. Uh, Leonard Fournette and the offensive line cannot establish a running game. Tom Brady was forced to throw the ball 66 times, which as someone who watched him during the best moments of his career is not something you wanted him to do back then. So um, Brady had to do absolutely everything if they wanted a chance to win this game and they could not get anything going. So it was a very poor performance by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their defense could not stop the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott played outstanding, kind of shutting up the haters who had been criticizing him for previous playoff performances. And the Dallas Cowboy defense made life miserable for Tampa's offense. So Dallas 100,000% deserved to win this game. Uh, it was a game that Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott needed for their playoff resume. And you know, they shut a lot of people up and sent the goat packing. Um, if I'm Tom right now, you know, he left New England when they were not in a great situation. You look at Tampa right now, they're not in a great situation. Um, I think there needs to be way too many. There's too many moves that need to happen for this team to be a contender in the NFC, and I don't see it happening in the window Brady continues to play in. You know, he could sign with a with other teams and have be on a better team. You know, when I see, I, I don't see Brady coming back to, like, the Pats. 
I don't see Brady signing with the Jets. I don't see Brady signing with the Ravens. I don't see him signing with the Packers. I could see him signing with the Raiders. But, you know, if he wants to stay in Florida, he obviously can do whatever he wants in Tampa Bay. But that offensive line, his skill players, there was a lot of steps back this year. And if he wants to try and compete for another Super Bowl, I just outside of the division being bad, I don't see it happening in Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's it's really tough there, especially with Carolina. Whether they're gonna what are they gonna do with their head coach position? I mean, Sean Payton's name has been thrown around all head coaching positions this off season. It seems um, even with Steve the Texans. Wilkes. Yeah, even with the Texans too, so, which that's not going to happen. Um, Steve Wilkes, I think, although with the Texans they would give probably the power of the purse to Sean Payton if they wanted him to, because the same thing with Bill O'Brien, and we saw where that took them uh, for several mm-hmm. years. So um, I'm sure that Sean Payton might listen to the Texans, but probably stay very, very far away. Um, Leonard Fournette, speaking of, rushing that game. There was a picture that came out, I think, before the game of Leonard Fournette in a shirt or something, talking about, like, Playoff Lenny. Me. There you go, Playoff Lenny. Um had five carries for 11 yards and one reception for six. So not not playoff Lenny. Not. Um, it, it should have said regular season Lenny, um, but it didn't. And, yeah, Tom Brady, I don't think he's coming back to Tampa because, again, Carolina, I think, will get better because they were playing pretty good football at the, the final stretch of the season with Steve Wilkes at the helms. Um, it, the Niners, I mean, the uh, Saints, you would think they're going to be better. You would think they're going to do something in the offseason to become better than they were Their last year. Their cap situation is miserable. Yes, it, it is. It always I, is. I believe Mike, Mike Tom, Michael Thomas is um, leaving the team, I believe. Uh, did he restructure? I, I, he either restructured or he's leaving. I'm, I'm not sure. There was a story that came out this that, uh, that they've been. They, this has been going on for three years. Yeah, because he's just not. He's getting paid to do nothing at this point. Because he, he has played what? five games over the past two seasons something like that it's not not very good um chris says byron leftwich should be hired yesterday he's a solid coach and could definitely run an offense the players were all out of their prime i mean really leonard fournette dude should be in a wheelchair i mean he's only 28 he's he's not that out of his prime. running backs age and true um and chris also said tb12 to miami and let two recover from his concussions for a year there was. A I don't story think. Top. I don't think Brady can reach those receivers after they get past, in, like, in time. I think he would underthrow um, a bit of them. Um, but yeah, TB Tom Brady did buy a or rent a condo down in Miami. People were kind of freaking out about that, saying, "Oh, he's going to Miami now." Um, I still think that Raiders would probably be the best bet for him. But I, I mean, he might he might look at that. I'm not sure if the Miami Dolphins do reach out to him. I'm sure he'd probably listen. <clears throat> um, but those are the games last weekend. Let's talk about these hirings and firings real quick, and then we'll get to just a, a pick, uh, pick them for the games that are happening this weekend. Firings wise, we talked about a few more already. The Chargers already firing their offensive coordinator and their passing in coordinator. The Dolphins fired their defensive coordinator. Vikings, their defense, defensive coordinator. Buccaneers, like Chris just said, um, the offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers. And the Ravens offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, decided to mutually part ways with the organization. Did you find that to be an interesting news, breaking news story from the I uh, never Baltimore really... Ravens? Well, one, he almost... He interviewed for the Stanford job. I don't know if they they 
made a decision yet or not, but did you ever really think he was that special? It's it's tough to judge just because I think that Lamar was struggling with passing in the first place. Accuracy was his big thing. He has an arm. Yes, he can get the ball down the field, but accuracy, he never really hit his stride there. I, mm. I keep saying this, and I'll always say this and, and until Lamar proves me wrong, which I don't think he will in his career. Um, he is a top 10 athlete, not a top 10 quarterback. And I think he kind of proved that in Baltimore. And that's the reason why they're hesitant to sign him to a fully guaranteed contract, especially with his injuries as well. But they know that they could probably get a better player in that position somewhere else besides Lamar. Lamar's done well. Lamar's won them games in the past with his legs. But I've never, I've never seen a game where I say, you know what, Lamar Jackson just won the game for the Baltimore Ravens with his arm. Yeah. I mean, you you get the the way to beat the Ravens is get an early lead and force him to sit in the pocket and pass. Mm-hmm. And it's been his his pocket presence looked like it was improving earlier, but last year, I mean, I'm not a huge Greg Roman guy. I I don't think he's really what uh, Lamar needs. Maybe they're in a situation where they hire Lamar once if if they do decide to bring him back, but. Um, there needs to be some improvements offensively. Like it seems like every receiver that team has added has not panned out. And that's another thing too. Except I mean, for like Duvernay. Yeah, Duvernay. You, you saw Marquise Tight Hollywood Brown, him leaving the Baltimore Ravens and going to a better scenario in Arizona, I believe. I don't know if it's better right now. Well, not better Arizona right now, but like crap. when Kyler is healthy, it, it can be better mm-hmm. than a healthy Lamar because even with a healthy Lamar. Hollywood Brown wasn't very Hollywood in that scenario. He was not a very effective player, but I think it was another point to Lamar Jackson not being a passer. He was unable to get Brown the ball. And if he can get Brown the ball, then he can do things with the football and be a playmaker. But you have to get him the ball. He is a deep threat. You have to get him the ball deep. And you can throw it down there, but you have to be accurate as well. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, having Lamar, I mean, Dan, Daniel Jones, do you think Daniel Jones could probably be better in that system with Baltimore than Lamar Jackson? Danny Dimes dropping the ball in the bucket. I mean, so much of Baltimore's offense is reliant on the running game. And Lamar's presence is what helps that. Yeah. Like, it seems like every back they have does well. It's just. J.K. Dobbins was killing it this year when he wasn't injured. Yeah. But again, injuries. Injuries yeah. are a huge thing for them, too. Um, and Bailey chiming in saying, Brady is a single man. Of course, he got a condo in Miami. Well, I, I don't he know can, why. He, he can afford it. He, he probably has condos in a lot of places. He can't. I don't know why, though. Why would you want to get a condo in Miami? I just, uh, I don't. Because he's I, wealthy? I guess, but I don't see the allure of Miami like other people do. Have you been to South Beach before? No. It's, uh, it's like a different country. Completely different country. In South Beach. It's just, maybe that's what he wants. Maybe, maybe, but it just, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't get the vibes from Miami saying, you know, I want to move there. When I go visit Miami, I'm not like, hey, I want to get a condo here. I, I don't, I don't do that. There are other places I'd rather get a condo. Um, Chris also said Miami already tried to tamper with Brady. Oh yeah, they lost their first round pick this year. They did, which I don't know if they would want, I mean, 
Could you say that was a, a piece they gave away to get Brady if they happened to go get Brady now? I mean, like they could say that was part of the deal, essentially, that they got they lost that first round pick. No one else got it, but yeah. They lost I mean, it. I they I don't I got I'm very interested to see what goes on with Tua. Yeah. Yeah, same. So it, I, again, as long as you can keep him upright, as long as you can make it to where he's not getting concussions left and right, and maybe they, they figure out better helmets in the off season. Maybe they test some helmets or something because they are offering teams to have alternate helmets next year. Um, so teams can do like throwback jerseys. I know the Titans are doing the Oilers jerseys um, and they're having an alternate helmet with that. And that's the, that's the one that was the one hiccup for that out, that uniform was having the helmet. So um, mm-hmm. maybe they were looking at, I don't know. Maybe they're looking at something like that. Um, hirings wise, Jim Schwartz, senior defensive assistant for the Titans, got hired by the Browns to be their new defensive coordinator. So he's working his way up the ranks again. We could potentially see him being in a head coach position um, later down the road as well, especially since he has that coaching experience with the the Lions um, for many years. Then we had Monty Austinfort. So a lot of Titans news this week. Uh, Monty Austinfort, he was with the Titans, the director of player personnel. He is now the Cardinals GM came in during his press conference saying there will be no egos in this locker room. We don't do set, egos. Set the tone early. Setting the tone early. Yeah, you only have but, Kyler Murray. Who <laughs> yeah, had... which has a, he has a pretty big ego. Did you look at his Instagram last year? Come on, Monty. Um, yeah, I, and also, I'm sure Kyler was just, instead of watching the press conference, he's probably playing Warzone 2. Um, <laughs> probably. Ran Carthon. He doesn't care he's hurt. He doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care at all. Um, Rand Carthon, former 49ers director of player personnel, which, again, that that might be a piece that might hurt the 49ers down the road, especially having a guy like this. He's come up the ranks. He was a player at Florida. He was a player in the league with the Colts for a little while, played with Peyton Manning, um, has had several stops being a personnel guy, and now he is the Titans general manager. They had the press conference yesterday, talked about collaboration. He just kept saying... Collaboration was the word of the day yesterday, and um, it's good to see a guy coming in um, that seems to have a a strong head on his shoulders, nice guy, um, very personable. It, It seems like he wants to make those connections with players as people, not just players, which I think that's a huge deal in this day and age, and analytics. That's another thing too that the 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 national um, market, the Tennessee Titans, they had a. GM before and John Robinson that there was a quote once where they were talking about analytics and he said, I am the analytics department. So having a guy that comes in that is stressing analytics even more so and actually having a department that is a part of that, those decisions, I think that's a huge deal. Um, uh, and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in Tennessee with him. Um, last but not least, defensive pass game coordinator slash QB or cornerbacks coach, Chris Harris has happened today, actually. Um, he is now with the Titans. He is the cornerbacks coach and the defensive pass game coordinator. So, um, be interesting to see what happens here. He was with the commanders before that. And, um, they, they did some good things with the commanders. So we'll see how they, they work with the uh, Titans cornerbacks next year. Um, any thoughts on those hirings, firings? There are a lot there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll just stick with the, the GM. You said he came from San Francisco, right? San Francisco. They've been drafting really well. They have. They have. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they again, collaboration was a huge thing. Um, they had talked about a specific player yesterday. I'm drawing a blank on the name. Um, 
and they, they had talked about getting a tight end in one round. Later later round in the draft, an analytics guy came in and said, hey, I all the analytics are showing me that this is the guy that we need to get. It was actually, I believe, a running back in this scenario. Um, this is the guy we need to get instead. Um, his numbers are jumping off the charts, and it looks like he's one of the best outside zone running backs in the draft. And I think we should get him. Um, he looked at the tape confirmed that he saw the same thing and took it to the general manager and they actually drafted the running back instead of drafting a tight end in that scenario. So, I mean, that's the thing. He, he, he it's collaboration. It's mm-hmm. everyone in the department has a hand in it. I think that's great. I think with John Robinson, especially last year, you were there with me in the draft last year when AJ Brown got, got traded, oh, he got uh, traded to, on to the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think John Robinson, a lot of the time would say, Mike, this is what's best for us. I think this is what we need to do. And I don't think that's necessarily the right thing. I think there needs to be collaboration. I think there needs to be a few more hands in the pot instead of just one guy ruling the personnel for a team. I think that's what's going to happen with Rand Carthon at the helm. Uh, Chris says that Titans, not the only team in Nashville that could use some more analytics in their front office. How are the Preds doing this year? Uh, Middling. Middling. Um, really? They they are yeah they they're not they're not playing outstanding but they're not playing bad at, at times it looks like they're bad at times mm-hmm. but um, they are a few points out of the playoffs so we'll see if they're able to strike up a triumphant return to the playoffs with these last thirty some odd games to go so hopefully tonight starts a new a new era we'll see so um, we'll talk more about that on Wednesday puck off. JDF Sports. Oh, and Ann Bailey chiming in saying, ask Dylan about Cole Smith. We talk about Cole Smith, which he is a, a an AHL player, a, a, a bottom six AHL player, and he's in the NHL night in, night out with John Hines. Hopefully, I do not see his name on the lines for this evening, but again, I think I will once the, uh, the announcement comes going? out from there. I am going. Yes, I am going. So it'll be it'll be fun to see. Uh, they're do, you playing have, up against do you have season tickets for them too? Quarter season, so it's uh, ten games in the year we get to go to. And we usually pick a few more games outside of that as well. Um, but it's the Who Kings playing? we're playing up against tonight. Oh, you're playing L.A. Mm-hmm. Playing L.A. So, um, Chris, this is actually a pretty good way to put it. The Preds have a slight growl this year. No roar and no meow, just a growl. I like that. I like that. Um, which we'll talk about Cole Smith and Bailey on. Wednesday on puck off. Um, let's talk about these games this weekend because we have four of them that are going to be huge matchups and we'll just do picks. Um, if you want to, if you want to uh, say why you're choosing this team, then go for it. I do have to say though, last week I did pick four of the six games correctly. There you go. Four of the six. And the two games I missed were, I'll give you the chance to pick those giants no, I did pick the Giants. Oh, wow. Tampa? Tampa. Jags? Yep, I picked okay. the Chargers. Yep. Chargers and Jag- and the Buccaneers were the two that I missed, but I did pick Niners, Bills, Giants, Bengals. Um, so you have a lot at stake here. Um, so make sure you, you pick, pick wisely in your picks. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, I'll talk about them next week on the show and, uh, we'll compare what we, what we did. Um, Jags at Chiefs. Who you got in this game? 
I can't not pick Kansas City. I mean, what Jacksonville did last week was awesome. I think Jacksonville's coaching staff is familiar with Andy Reid, with uh, Peterson being a former Reid assistant. But um, I think Kansas City, home game, week off, Patrick Mahomes. Um, Jacksonville, good team, not great. Kansas City, if they have a lead, they're going to hold it. So I think Kansas City wins this game. You know what? Last week I picked the Chargers, and obviously the Jags won. The week before that, I picked the Titans. The Jags won. So this week, I am going to put all of my faith, all of my faith, behind the Jacksonville Jaguars. Am I doing this sarcastically so they lose? You could say that. Maybe. I'm going to pick the Jags. I expect to be wrong in this. I hope I am wrong in this next week, but... I'm picking the Jags. Um, Giants-Eagles. I got... I mean, I I think what the Giants have done this year is incredible. But um, uh, Philly... I mean, they had Gardner Minshew in and still nearly beat the Cowboys. So yeah. their roster outside of the quarterback position with now Jalen Hurts being healthy proves that to me that this team has a chance to go to a Super Bowl. Um, this is the third time these two teams have played. Let me pull up the two previous matchups. Um, Eagles won the first one, smoked them in the first game. Mm. Oh, no. They smoked them in the second game. Uh, Eagles have beaten them twice already this year. So third time's the charm for the Giants. May, I mean, beating a team three Maybe. times is tough, but I still think Philly has a better roster. Yeah, um, it's going to be very hard, especially with Jalen Hurts having an extra week of rest after playing in Week 18. I think that Jalen's going to be even healthier now than he was two weeks ago. So I think the Eagles will probably win this game. I think it'll be closer than people think it will be, um, Mm -hmm. but I still think the Eagles will win. Um, Bengals at Bills. I'm going with Buffalo. Um, I was not really impressed with either team last week, but I still think in a 50-50 game, you go with the home team, DeMar Hamlin. Um, obviously, this is the team that, you know, no, not that there's bad blood or anything, but, you know, this was a game that really affected Buffalo's ability to be a one seed because they couldn't play that extra game. And um, I think they're going to come out here and try and win a Super Bowl for DeMar Hamlin. Um I think if Burrow plays anything like he did last week, they absolutely will lose, and their running game was not impressive at all against the Baltimore Ravens. So um, I think when I look at the bounce-back potential, I go with the home team. I think Josh Allen, I mean, he didn't have a bad game last week, but I just I think the Bills underestimated their opponent, and I don't think they will do that again. So I'm going Buffalo tonight, or tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow afternoon, yeah. yeah. And I think they pick up the win against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bills, every year, when they go to the playoffs, they play well during the regular season. Last year, we saw it. And then, in the offseason, they choke. There's a a certain game that they play, and they just don't show up the way they're supposed to. I think, in this scenario, the Bills are kind of coasting. They feel like they need to coast. Last week, they kind of woke up a little bit in the middle of the game, but they still won... And they, they, they felt comfortable with that. Yeah. Uh, I think the Bengals will come in. One, to show that that game that they played just a few weeks ago when DeMar Hamlin did get injured, that they were going to win that game because it was, it was 7-3 already um, in the game. So I think they'll, they'll come in to say, you know, we're going to finish the business we started just a few weeks ago. 
but also show to everyone that last week was just a fluke mm-hmm. and that they will play well. Jamar Chase will come out and play well. Um, so I he think had a good game Bengals, last week. He did have a good game last week, but I think a better game this week too. Um, I think the Bengals will win this game. Um, and I'll also talk about my spreads too. And Bailey actually chimed in saying how many legs in my parlay this weekend. Um, four, because there's only four games. So four, par- four leg parlay, which we'll talk about in just a second if you want to tail feel free to do so i'm not telling you to spend your money anyway but um i put a few dollars on the game so we'll see um also she said imagine the never-ending espn 30 for 30s when the bills win yeah um i mean even the 30 for 30 of the whole demar hamlin situation the whole demar hamlin game i think that would be fascinating i'm sure there's footage of a lot of different things that we didn't see out there, uh, I think that we that would definitely be a really fascinating thirty for thirty for sure. Crazy. Um, and she said, "Oh, thank God, having only four. Um, last but not least, 49ers. Cowboys at 49ers. Who you got in this game? I like. I think. I think San Francisco is better coached. I think San Francisco has a better defense, and I think San. I, mean, San, I, mean, I don't think San. I know San Francisco's home because they're the higher seed. So, oof, Dallas looked really damn good last last week. But I think San Francisco's defense has the chance to win them the NFC. I really do. So I'm going to go San Francisco. I've been high on them all postseason. I'm not going to quit on them now. Yeah, uh, same. I, I've talked about how the Niners are, are going to the Super Bowl, and I, I'm sticking with them, especially in this matchup. Cowboys, again, Cowboys are kind of like what the Bills have done recently in the playoffs. They just choke at yeah. a certain point. When they have all of this momentum, they have um, all, all of this all these high expectations coming into a game, they just dwindle. Um, mm-hmm. I think this will happen again. I think 49, especially at home in, in, uh, Saint, in San Francisco, it's not going to be uh, a, a game the Cowboys can win. So I think the Cowboys are going to lose this weekend. San Francisco is going to win. The bet I put out there, um, these are spreads, and some of them are alternate spreads you can get on FanDuel. Jacksonville Jaguars plus 12.5. I don't think that... I think they're going to keep it closer than two touchdowns. Yeah, that's a huge so, spread. I think it's plus 12 and a half. Um, Giants plus seven and a half. That was the spread. That was the, not an alternate spread. That was the spread when I put this bet in. Um, Cincinnati Bengals plus four and a half. So I think they will keep it at least um, a field goal. If that, mm-hmm. I think a field goal would be a, a good win for uh, the Buffalo Bills in this scenario. And the Niners, minus two and a half. I think they're going to win by at least a field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the bet there. If you want to tell that, feel free to do so. Like I said, I'm not telling you where to spend your money. If you want to spend it, great. Um, Chris said, $10 says Dylan takes the Preds to win at home because the Kings have less than mediocre goaltending. Yes, uh, he did actually say what is a prediction for, for tonight. Kevin Fiala coming back. Um, and Victor Arvidsson, too. Huge deal for the the Preds to see them at home. I typically, I can tell you this, it's going to be plus one and a half on whoever. I think probably, most likely it's going to have the Preds winning in this game just because of the roster. But I would say plus one and a half because I don't think they're going to win by more than two goals because typically at home, the games I've been going to, they've only won by one goal or lost by one goal. Um, So no empty netters in this one. I, I think that, It'll be really interesting to see what happens with Kevin Fiala, especially because I think he can score on the National Predators. Um, I got a start to sit for you. Okay. Soros versus LA, obviously. Mm-hmm. Freddie at Islanders. 
Oh. Soros is going to want to have a bounce back game. He, he yeah, he, he, he killed yeah. me last or, or two days ago. Yeah. I mean, he gave up, what, five goals in that game? Yes. Um, he has given up, I believe, 11 goals in the past three games he's played. So he's kind of been dwindling a little bit, but I think it's not necessarily... I think he'll have a I need back wins. game. Okay, you'll need a win. Um, I'm pretty safe on goals against and save percentage. Okay. But we're tied in wins, and I'm winning in every other category. Hmm. I would probably say... The Islanders are awful. Yeah, the Islanders are awful. And Ottinger's playing Arizona, so that's my lock. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's that should be a lock. Um, I would probably say Freddie at Islanders. Yeah, because yeah. they don't score. Yeah, I would say Freddie at Islanders, unfortunately. Um, there you have it, guys. That That's the recap from last week and also a preview for Divisional Weekend. Be sure to follow us on all social media pages facebook twitter instagram twitch also uh subscribe to us on youtube we're always wanting to get to that 500 mark of subscribers so feel free to subscribe there and share the show with your friends share the show share the page with your friends as well we'd love to get them included on the jdf sports talk here alec i know that um with your show down the block sports and the alec walt show tell us where we can find you um on social media so you can find me, uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I am 38 subscribers away from 1,000. So hey. that is, I'm getting pretty close. So if anyone has any YouTube uh, accounts, burners, I'll take burners to, to get the numbers <laughs> up too. So if anyone has one, um, feel free. So I'm now on Instagram as well. It's been up for 48 hours, and I've added over 250 followers, which is nice. Um, a lot of people have been have been supporting me there. I'm also now on Facebook. Um, that's that's still getting a little bit of time there to 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 get going. But you can find me on more than just YouTube now. I have an Instagram and Facebook page. So if you haven't followed it yet, feel free to. And I, I really appreciate all the support. Awesome. Well, Walt, thanks so much again for joining us on a, yeah, a special edition of Out of Bounds on a Saturday. Hope everyone enjoys Divisional Weekend, and we will break it all down next weekend, Saturday, same time, um, 12 p.m. noon, right here on JDF Sports. Thanks once again. We'll see you guys next time.